Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Ready or not, here we come. Welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm Ken Chester in studio this hour with Jack and Sasha. Together, our dynamic threesome is better known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. So glad you tuned in. This hour, a major German automaker plans to build electric cars in the United States. We discuss. Also, we share some Tesla love. A little something-something for them Tesla haters out there. And then finally, an interesting conversation about China and the American auto auction system. And this one's not what you think. For those of you who are just itching to add your voice to the conversation, the process is easy. Call or text me on the Roadworthy Drive line, that number, 872-222-9793. If you are of the email persuasion, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, connects you to me and the rest of the crew. Howdy, my peoples. Y'all all right? We okay? Everything's we, all right? We be okay. We be's okay. Now. What? My next question. No. <laughs> She's not bringing the car back? <laughs> I'm concerned. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Did you explain Grand Theft Auto to her? I explained felonies to oh, Sasha. Okay. Good. And the fact that if we don't return the vehicles, automakers don't give us any more. Yeah. So and we, need, we need them to basically... Review them, take a look at them, see what technology is there so that we can tell the people out there what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, sir, mm-hmm. what is in the parts bin this hour? Uh, two words, Rolls Royce, and a third word, flying. A flying Rolls Royce. Sasha, I'm going to tell you right now. Yes, sir. The suits aren't going to let you anywhere near that. I wouldn't want it if, no. First of all, I need to clarify We're talking about the aircraft engine company, not the car company. Okay. And uh, they basically have developed uh, a flying taxi, and they're looking for an airframe manufacturer to build the thing. Well, they've got Airbus over there. They do, and that's something even I mentioned. Um, It's a vertical electric, electric vertical takeoff and landing concept. And it uses existing gas turbine technology to generate electricity, negating the need for recharging. The interesting thing is, that gas turbine, you'll never believe who originally developed it and when. I don't know. The Allison Engine uh, Division of General Motors back in the 60s. Really? Yeah. They're they're using um, a turbine. They've modified a turbine uh, that is called the Rolls-Royce... M250, formerly known as the Adelson Model 250, in order to do that. Now, this particular concept they've developed, four or five passengers could be accommodated at speeds of up to 250 miles an hour, and it could be adapted for public transport, personal transport, logistics, or, gee, surprise, military applications. And they expect that this could be in full production by the early part of next decade. Okay. Now, is this one 
set of props, or is it multiple props like we've seen before? Four. Oh, there's four. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, like I said, they're looking for partners to build an airframe and develop some of the electrics and readiness for a full commercial version. Now, they said one, on this concept, one, the height, once the cruise height is reached, propellers on the wing fold away to reduce drag and cabin noise. The craft then switches to two rear propellers for thrust. So it's a virtual, it's an electric virtual takeoff and landing. Okay, so we're talking about, just in helicopter form, the same plane that the U.S. military has that's, that starts going up. It goes up vertically, and then it goes horizontal. I could argue not as robust, but yeah, okay. I, could, I, could, I could go there. Okay. I could go there. But I just found it interesting when I was researching the story that that, that uh, gas turbine actually had American roots. That is interesting. And going back into the 50s. So that really, that I was just, wow. That was just, it got me there. Uh, Rolls-Royce said in a statement it was well-placed to play a leading role. Their words, personal air mobility market. And they actually mentioned, uh, and I quote, Long the stuff of science fiction and futuristic cartoons such as The Jetsons, Aviation and technology leaders are working to make electric-powered flying taxis a reality. Other companies involved, Airbus, we mentioned, mm. Uber, and a range of startups, including one backed by Google co-founder Larry Page called Kitty Hawk. And that's one of actually two that he's got going on. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd throw that out there. I thought that was kind of a little interesting piece. Um, McLaren. 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 Whatever. Go on. What if I told you this high-performance electric, well, supercar maker mm -hmm. is planning to go completely, totally, and utterly electric by 2025? Doesn't surprise me with where they're located. Yeah, but it surprises me. I mean, they build right now, if the number I saw was right, they only build about uh, a little over 2,000 cars a year. Okay, so they're partially hand-building part of these, if I remember. Uh, they're probably quite a bit hand-building them at okay. that low number. You can't run machinery. You can't run a line with that few cars. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, they plan between now and 2025, 18 new models and derivatives. Uh, their sports car and supercar range, 100% hybrid by 2025. And they think they're going to basically triple their production of 6,000 mid-engine sports cars and supercars a year. Mid-engine. Mid-engine. Means? Uh, basically, engines behind the driver. Aha. Uh -huh. Which is not a new concept. There's no, some not, others that do it. But what amazes me is they plan to put towards this project just under $1.6 billion. That's a lot of money. Yes, sir. And that's by 2025. Be mm -hmm. all in on hybrids. So, you know, we talk about this stuff. Uh, but it's amazing that even some of the smallest volume companies are stepping up and applying money and research and development towards getting there. Because you would think a company this small, why would they even be bothered? I don't well, I know why, because they're trying to expand their marketplace. Yeah, but they don't build that many. I mean, you know, I don't think they're having trouble selling cars well, now. The reason why they probably don't build so many is, have you priced a McLaren lately? Yeah, but, you know, it might also be by choice, Jack. It's not so much that they sell so few because of what they charge, mm -hmm. but they charge because they build so few. 
Yeah. You know, by choice. I mean, these cars are not something you're going to pick up on a dealer lot. Uh, no. They're what, we, what they call in England or what they call in Europe bespoke cars. They're literally made to order. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought it was really interesting that even the smallest uh, specialty manufacturers are all in on this. You know, they're not just throwing a few million. They're throwing uh, almost $2 billion on this. And that's a company that only employs 2,300 people. Now, before the break, what I would call a cautionary tale, because I'm all about cautionary tales. Yes, you are. BMW confirms all-electric iX3 SUV will be built in China and exported to other markets. Okay. Bear in mind, BMW has a major plant in the United States that they just expanded again. Yep. But even in the realm, and oh, by the way, this was dated July 9th, this story. So it's not old. A couple weeks ago. I'm about to say, they're going to have an easier time with vendors and suppliers in China because China has now said, hey, we're going to all electric cars. Yes, but even more, China has actually reduced their tariffs. And China has actually, uh, well, for other countries with the exception of us, of course, uh, and they've eased their ownership requirements. I don't know if you realize, if you want to set up business in China, you have to joint venture with an existing Chinese company who owns the majority stake. I did not know that. Yeah, they've eased that. BMW introduced their all-new electric iX3 in Beijing. They've made it official. They will be exporting that to other markets as well um, as they confirm a massive new battery contract for the production of its new electric vehicles which is pretty interesting. Um, they expect by 2020 they will find customers for this thing, their words, around the world, which means some kind of way we may see it, or if we don't, we'll be one of the countries that don't get it, mm -hmm. depending on what that's right, worth. And here's another company spending big money on battery development, $1.16 billion. Uh, and the total value of their battery contract with the, their supplier, $4.7 billion to build this new electric vehicle that they're going to export all around the world. Are they going to export it here? Don't know. I guess that's a tariff issue. And that could be a problem. Next up, one automaker's rise from being down and out of the American market. See who that is. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Go to RoadworthyDrive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live. Some people prefer big cars for luxury, while others prefer small cars for gas mileage. With American Motors Concorde DL, you can have luxury and good gas mileage, too, because Concorde gets the best gas mileage of any American compact. No gas, just, just directions. And Concorde is loaded with luxury extras like a Landau roof, individual reclining seats, and more at no extra cost. AMC Concorde, luxury and the best gas mileage of any American compact. Call your friends, your Facebook buddies, and maybe even your boss. Roadworthy Drive is on the air, and you cannot miss a moment. I'm Ken Chester, your host. We're all about real facts, real opinions, and real talk here. 
no spin zones, no politics. Like Dragnets, we're all about the facts when it comes to talking about all things that move you from point A to point B. And I mean everything. Pedal bikes, electric scooters, flying cars, and yeah, autonomous farm tractors. Yep, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. We also share the information you need right now about the vehicle you're currently driving or thinking about buying. If it moves, chances are we're talking about it. Yes, that even means pedestrians. We cover it all each week in what I call the mobility mosaic. The best part is that you always have the best seat in the house. Ride with the crew. We got you covered. We do. Amen. This topic, this next topic, is for Sasha. Really? It is. Okay, what do you got? Just for you. The company is planning to build electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And yes, I meant plural as in a number of models. And that company is Volkswagen. Wait, 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 wait. What what's the models? Hold on. What what's I'm the models? I'm about to tell you what they got planned. What you know what I'm asking for in the United States. Yes, here it is. Uh huh. You've been waiting. I have. Uh huh. Uh, Volkswagen plans to build two uh-huh. of its upcoming electric cars in the United States, uh, and they're going to be sold here. Uh, that means the ID Cross electric crossover SUV uh-huh. and the ID Buzz, the long-awaited successor to the VW Microbus, will be built. At VW's Chattanooga, Tennessee factory. What? Yes. So we need to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's Chattanooga. Right over. And I've been there. And people drive crazy in Chattanooga. But I need to be there. They drive crazy in Chattanooga. Not any crazier than Orlando, Florida. Uh, I've driven there, too. Same trip, in fact. And I beg to differ. (laughs) They're crazy. They're cray-cray. Okay, so what you're telling me is... Mountains. They're cray-cray. Okay. We need to call the A-team and have them put quarter-inch yes. steel around the whole vehicle. That way, if we get hit, we just bounce off and keep going. That and some airbags. There you go. In any case. Do we have pictures of the uh, the revamp? Uh, nothing official, really. Not yet? Well, hold on. Because they were talking about 2020? Uh, hold on. I can't wait. The cr- ID Cross, uh-huh. the electric SUV, okay. will launch in 2020. From Chattanooga, for sure. Uh-huh. Now, according to the boss, for a strong product momentum, they need to be produced in the USA. It is not possible to come into high-volume scenario with imported cars. His words, and you'll like this. Okay. We want to localize electric mobility in the U.S. Okay. Thought you'd like that. I do. Do we know a year for my van? Okay, hold on. Now, a little side note. Volkswagen currently has that plant in Chattanooga. It's been open since about 2011, 2012. Builds Passats. Oh, okay. And yep. now builds their big SUV, the Atlas. Okay. Which is going like gangbusters, which ironically, Jack, trade information, note to Jack. The Atlas <laughs> exported to Britain. Right. From the United States. Right. From Chattanooga. Right. Tennessee. Got it. In the United States. Just make I can't point. even imagine. That big old thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that Sold would fit in your Britain. family. I know. I'm. Th- I'm curious. Family, the dogs, a couple of cats. Because <laughs> I've got a big dog and, and a stray or two. Right. I got three. a couple of those. <laughs> and if I remember right, it was way out of my price range to buy it. Right. Yeah. Uh, probably not nearly as crazy as some of the trucks you're pricing for work. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. For the electric SUV, do mm-hmm. we have a mileage on that yet? We do not. Okay. Uh, and I imagine that we'll get more information as it gets closer to launch, which is a year and a half away yet, Lady Sasha. I, patience is not a virtue that I've Apparently waited Apparently not. <laughs> now, 
I agree. It, they've noticed that since they've opened the Chattanooga plant, uh-huh. they've had more success selling Passat and Atlas here since it was designed. It designed the vehicle specifically for the U.S. Obviously, building them here makes it cost-effective as well. Okay, so what are they going to do with the Passats and the Atlas that are being built? Oh, they'll probably still build them. So they're going to add Add, on to that? Okay. uh uh All right. Mm -hmm. Haven't they already added on again, Uh like recently? Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Are you saying that they're going to add another part of that facility? Either that or they will find a way to optimize what they've got. Okay. I mean, the Passat right now is only running a little over 100,000 units Atlas can't be running much more than that. A plant flat out will run 250, 250,000 units. And with a little bit of massaging and um, management, you can get considerably more. Well, I mean, we've. Audi, I mean, uh, Hyundai gets about 330,000 out of their plant. Well, we've year. talked about like the production and the timing. And at 18 months until, you know, they're hoping to have those out, they better be making that decision. Well, I'm sure that for the they probably have already started modifying the plant. Okay. Okay, because we're not talking this uh, electric. I'm sure they're not talking 100, 200,000 units. Okay. They might be talking 30, 40, 50,000. And also remember, all, both, both the bus and this SUV are built on uh, the company's uh, – they've got a platform for it. Oh. That is in a, specifically an electric platform developed just for it. Uh, they call it their uh, – let me see now. It's built on – uh, I can't find it. Let me hold on. I know I've got it here somewhere because I highlighted so it. So it will be a completely new platform. Platform. Right. Okay. Yeah, that they've developed specifically for that. All right. And for some reason, as it always is, I can't find what I'm looking for. Um, one thing you need to know, Sasha. Yes, sir. Um, you're going to have to wait till 2022. What? To get your ID buzz. No. So to get your buzz on? No. I'm sorry, baby. You're going to have to wait. No. You're going to have to wait. years. No. Six years. How do you figure? 18 to 22 is I said 2020. Yeah. That's four years. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. No. Math, Jack? Okay. No, no, no. What they need to do is I will take a pre-production car two years before it's going to be released, and I could tell them how it does on rain uh, and family and wear and tear. I found it. It's the MEB architecture, a platform and, compart- and component set for rear or all-wheel drive battery electric vehicles. They're building it on a dedicated platform. Wow. Now, um, to break this down for you, uh, the SUV, yes. they, are, they gave us some information. Okay. Um, they're expecting it to carry an 83-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery pack with a potential range rating of 300 miles. So they're sticking with lithium. Most people are. Okay. Um, now. I was curious because yeah. there was a story about them branching out into the. Um, Solid state. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's. A, they're going from basically liquid to solid, but still lithium ion. Okay. And that's the issue. Now, they also talked about a fast charging time of 30 minutes to get 80% of battery capacity. Okay. Using 150 kilowatt um, charging station. Okay. Which is not too shabby. No. And uh, this this ought to pay attention. Uh, developed in accordance with Audi. Remember, we talked yes. about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coming up, it's time for a little Tesla love. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive has what you need to know. Next.
Fatherlydrive.com is the place to keep up with the latest happenings with Ken and the show. You're tuned to Roadworthy Drive. I'm your host during this second hour, Ken Chester. Thanks for sticking around. I want to invite everybody who hasn't checked out our Fancy Show website to do so. Roadworthydrive.com is full of information about the Roadworthy Drive crew and the show. Audio, video clips, and so much more. The website's also a great place to discover our goings-on in the social media universe. Now, for those of you that like us on Facebook... We've developed a special Facebook-only treat just for you. A <laughs> weekly video called Wheels of Non-Consent. It is hosted by the crew's own Sasha. And uh, she, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, why don't you explain this? I borrow, kind mm-hmm. of, with... Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Felony. I, I bring it back. That's the point. But, we want, on time, please. Well, I, but the thing is, the Ford pickup, you had, you left the I stain was tempted. In uh, I, I was tempted. I got a memo from the suits on that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so I like, I thought that it presented a unique opportunity that we could give our listeners and our fans a chance to see not only the technology that are in today's cars, because not everybody is looking at a brand new car, but I can also give what, if they're looking to buy, what their money can buy them. Correct. Um, unbiased, um, just full frontal information I, on. But here's the other thing. Yes, sir. If you're buying a certified pre-owned car, it's exactly. going to have this technology in it. And if, like Ken said in the last hour, if you're using 11.4 years as the average the average span of how some how long somebody owns a car, mm-hmm. you are going to be shell shocked yeah. with the technology. Unless yeah. you're us poor folks, then it's closer to 15 years. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> and I'm going to be like a lot of these. I mean, some of these things are no brainers that some people you know they know. But I mean, how to turn on your Bluetooth? How to sync up your phone? How does you know the text messaging? How does the hands free work? How you deal with Wi-Fi in right? your car? How do you deal with uh, lane change mitigation. Oh, no. What I love is lane keep assist. Forget all y'all. <laughs> I'm talking about automatic emergency braking. That no. creeped you out. No, it, it did. Oh, that would and freak the, me out. And yeah. the Ford, I mean, it was like, it was Jake brake. I mean, it was just hard on that brake. And I, mm. I didn't like that. But anyway. But it beats hitting the other car, though. It did actually beat that. Yes, it did that. Mm. So you'll want to like the page, Roadworthy Drive, or Roadworthy Drive on Facebook or Tech with Sasha on Facebook. And I'm known for doing impromptu live little uh, videos because I want you guys to see what I'm seeing. And if I get really excited about something, I'll pull over, obviously. I'm not, Thank you. I'm not, <laughs> Sending the vehicles back damage is not a thing. I mean, I got a little excited. And this week I have a pre-production car. You can't even go to the dealership and ask about it. And I am super psyched. Mm -hmm. Bring it back, Sasha. I'll try. Okay, folks. So that is Wheels of Non-Consent. Every week for Facebook only, be sure to like us so you don't miss a thing and you'll be glad you did. As regular listeners know, we do keep up on the goings-on, good and bad, with what I call the world of Tesla. Now, today's installment is no exception, except this time, it's all good news. As Taylor Swift says, 
haters gonna hate. You had to bring Taylor Swift I into the show. I did, though. I did. Taylor Swift. I did. <laughs> haters gonna hate. You know, and, and this I'll, is this is something for all you haters. I don't get there. it either. Yeah, all I can hear now in my head is, you know, but I'm 22. You wish. Right. Just saying. Um, first, a little thing. Um, Elon Musk said there was rumors that folks was canceling their Model 3 orders. Well, they've been waiting for forever. Yeah. Uh, but Musk said via, of course, a tweet. Mm-hmm. Tesla had over 2,000 orders for its Model S and X models, as well as 5,000 new net orders for its Model 3. Okay. And uh, we're still trying to figure out if they're going to meet that 5,000 a week build. And it's, things have gotten quiet. We'll see how that works. Right. Now, some of that is due that um, there's a growing concern as Tesla gets close to the 200,000 vehicle limit. Mm-hmm. The government um, tax credit for electric vehicles right. hits the ceiling when an automaker builds the first after 200,000. Yep. So there's some wobbliness in that where people are saying, you know, I can save $7,500, but if I'm going to buy this car and I'm not going to get that credit, nah, I might want to revisit that. So, But he says life is good. Um, to throw this out on you, a Wall Street Journal writer just recently had a test drive of a performance version of the Tesla Model 3. Okay. His exact words, a thrilling modern marvel. I think that's been relatively, you know, accepted. Well, not exactly, because we talked about it. And we talked about it here at length about the build quality of the Model 3. And we were a little worried if that's the build right. quality was going to be off yeah. the line and consistent. Okay. Yeah. And Which, in fact, last week I talked about, you know, the tent that they put up to build some of them. Yep. And I uh, referenced the movie Gung Ho. Yeah. Because I was wondering, yeah. I, you know, do I really want to drive some of them? I don't know. You so said say something, Jack. Yeah. Um, which model was it that uh, Motor Trend said it wasn't breaking in? They did the oh the over the, the air over the air update over the air update was that the, that was Model Three? That's what I thought. And it was Consumer Reports. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, and that was unbreaking. They were able to take a look at it. Elon Musk talked to the folks at Consumer Reports. Got an engineer involved. They analyzed the data. They put an over-the-air change out on it, and it resulted in the vehicle stopping a lot faster than original. Obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're still talking about the vehicle that broke the Consumer Report testing. No. Uh, no. That was the Model S, dear. Okay. And that one did break the internet and broke Consumer Reports and broke pretty much everybody. Yeah. An upstart car company builds a car better than Detroit. And the Japanese, and Lexus, first and time. the Europeans, right. Boy, first there, time out the box, there are, broke broke the Consumer Reports yeah. rating index. There are three entities you really don't want to do that to because they will come back with guns a blazing. Okay. Well, I mean they've We're tried leaving to, the but... FCC out of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. Saying. I didn't say the FCC. I was talking about. The other car companies. Oh, okay. Well, I got and worried. You that's said guns why of after, after that happened, you remember headlines all over was Tesla killer, and they're deli- deli- or developing a Tesla killer, and this one's going to be going directly after Tesla, and they're trying to keep up. I mean, everybody, like he says, you know, to quote Taylor Swift, haters going to hate. Mm-hmm. But no at the end what. of the day, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. boy came out with a great, um, great product. He's producing something that is changing how we look at cars and what's cap- what an automobile mm-hmm. is capable of. I want, I want to leave you with these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Dan Neal of the Wall Street Journal. 
If you were hoping Tesla would fail on the account of the Model 3, I've got bad news. Yep. This thing is magnificent. So obviously representative of the next step in the history of autos. I know there are a lot of Tesla bears, haters, and cynics out there. Tesla boss Elon Musk made it easy. But in the spirit of charity, I think we can all agree many brilliant people are putzes. Um, but he said basically the quality of this car is dead on. Quiet, yep. runs, and uh, no no wind noise. So well, I mean, got it working. How many failed cars have the other majority automakers produced? You got a you got a week, right? I, I I'm can just saying. start and, and leave the Etzel alone. By the way. <laughs> really, and that's the one I would have named. Yeah. <laughs> At last, some funny business concerning American auto auctions, and it's not what you think. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. Listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. If you don't know by now, let me be the one to tell you. This is Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. And I am your vigilant host, Ken Chester. Thanks for tuning in. And as we figured out here at the end of last segment, I actually had to back the show up a little bit uh, because I was not um, aware of uh, certain words I couldn't use. Um, we're we not the truck up. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But no, we're uh, not. I learned something, and we'll leave it at that. How's that? Okay. Well, for the last topic of this hour, I thought I would start with an offbeat subject, and that's offbeat, not off color. Okay. Just so I, we're clear. I got that. Okay. Uh, this was a press release across my desk this week. It was making one announcement, but when I dug into the information, it got me thinking in a completely different direction. And this is what I mean. Um, the original press release talked about a guy who lived in America, uh, originally for, uh, did uh, business in Boston, now from Parkland, Florida, who was starting a online app for auto auction sales. Okay. Okay. Now, that sounded pretty cool and yep. kind of neat. Yep. Um, now, he said he was about to transform that endangered species known as the auto auction into a smoother, more sensible Saner and safer operation. He's talking about auto auctions primarily in America. Uh, by providing an Amazon solution to one of the world's giant businesses, the recycling of millions of cars annually at auctions. Now, again, all this sounds pretty good, right? Um, his innovative company would only list vehicles for online options at reasonable asking prices based on algorithms tied to their VIN numbers and other facts. And, you know, it would keep people from asking outrageous prices. Because it wouldn't let them. You'd have to ask a reasonable price based on the metrics. Correct. Okay. The guy is from China. Again, no big deal. Made his money buying and selling business in Boston. Still no big deal. Um, and he's a million, million, uh, multi-millionaire. I can talk, really. <laughs> uh, his breakthrough digital app he developed is called ADX365. Now, the biggest question I've got on this aspect 
mm-hmm. is and it, it and none of it the research I did answers the question who inspects the cars how does how does the inspection cuz he's big on any cars that run through the auction will be thoroughly vetted and and but there's no thing of whether he's going to have it done or it's going to be done or who's going to take the pictures or where isn't that the specific auto auction you're going to use responsibility I don't know because this is He's very vague about whether he would use an existing auction, and then there's a certain buyer beware because right now his ADX 365 is only available for dealerships. And usually when you use a regular auction, when a dealer goes to a used car auction, Mm -hmm. there is what they call recourse, and it's usually three to five days. In other words, you check the car out, you bid the car, you buy the car, you ship it home, uh, the transmission's faulty, the engine's blown, or something that you didn't something pretty dire you have recourse to bring the vehicle back and get your money back Mm -hmm. okay there's none of that discussion here um and but basically what he's looking at is taking his dealer model and expanding it to everybody a lot of questions well but the but the issue there is not not john q public can go to an auto auction and buy exactly which is another set of questions how do you verify the buyers because there's no question there of you know much the same way if you go to, like, Meekum Auto Auction or, or Barrett-Jackson. To get a bidder's number, you have to show proof of funds. Yep. Absolutely. So there was a lot of questions there. Mm-hmm. But like Law & Order, that always starts with the twist. Mm-hmm. Here's the twist. Contest finalist, this guy of Parkland, Florida, heading to China to vie for a $1 million prize for innovation and entrepreneurship in U.S. automotive industry. That should turn your head a little bit. It does. Because I went, what? Wow. It is called, he's competing in a prize in China called the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Competition for Overseas Talent 2018. So are they trying to recruit people to go to China? They are reaching, I'm going to read it to you. These are the best of the best innovative thinkers from China who are now living in the United States and other countries outside of China where they've developed the most innovative, revolutionary, and disruptive solutions for industry and commerce. Is the guy originally from China? Yes. Oh, I did not Ah. know that. But lived most of his life in the United States. But he's competing in a Chinese uh, uh, entrepreneurial program, which, again, I'm not saying that there's anything legal or illegal. It's just a little weird. And I stumbled across... A New York-based incubator, um, IB Hub, the first professional Chinese incubator on the eastern side of the United States. That's also one of the sponsors or one of the coordinators of this award. But basically, what, what this is all about, if you win, they're expecting you to set up shop in one of these provinces back in China. That's the whole thing. Ho, ho. So he may be moving back to China. Well... It would make perfect sense, but also it gives the comp- it gives the country a way to get expats back home and get that knowledge back home by the best and brightest, and then bankroll and set them up. Because I mean, I, I don't have time to read through all of this, but it's extremely elaborate. If America did more of this, uh, we really have something instead of all the hoops a young entrepreneur got to jump through now. I mean, this is very focused and very organized with a lot of support if you win. 
Mm-hmm. And even if you've placed high but don't win, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of support for you at every level. Well, they literally cut through the red tape for you. And I'm literally starting a new business mm-hmm. that I will be doing. And we're having that problem right now. Of just course. simply trying to find the money to start up. Yep. They want to develop for this particular province. Uh, they want this particular province. They want people to bring projects and start businesses. And Jehang, uh, Zihang, I believe is what it's, yeah, Z-H-E-J-I-A-N-G, as well as be the province with the best talent development ecosystem in China. And that's what this award is. But they're reaching out to Chinese expats that are living outside of China to compete, to come back to China and get bankrolled. I'm that's, letting, that's, kind of, that's kind of an interesting concept. It is. And it's, I don't know how long it's been going on. But uh, it's very elaborate, very organized. And it goes to show, and they even break down the themes of the type of businesses that they're looking for to invite to compete. So, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting of how that works and how, again, it's a global society. Well, (laughs) I have more topic than I have time again. That wraps up another audio adventure known as Roadworthy Drive. On behalf of myself, Sasha, and Jack of the Roadworthy Drive crew, thanks for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.